Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Your daily encouragement that God has the world in the hollow of his hand. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're going to fly, we fly like eagles. Here's hope. What are you hoping in? What are you hoping for? Do you recognize that hope is a person? Is Jesus your hope? We, um, we've been talking a lot about hope this season at Faith Radio. Um, hopefully you had opportunity to engage in the hope conversation that we had during our one-day winter fundraiser. Thank you again to everyone who participated in that. It was just really extraordinary and overwhelming. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We also um, have an ongoing opportunity for you to text the word HOPE to our text line number, 877-933-2484. Why are we doing that? Well, because there's just a lot of us who need to be encouraged and reminded that there is hope and that hope is real and that hope is not lost and hope can be found if it is lost. Um, And so if you're in need of those reminders, that encouragement, resources that you could pass along to others, I mean, join us in this. Text the word HOPE to 877-933-2484. Several of you have already, many of you, more than several, many of you have already nominated someone in our Hope for Christmas campaign. You know, we have been talking about just the recognition that We all know folks who are struggling and feel particularly hopeless um, right now and want to shine a little light into their lives. And so you've been sharing with us at MyFaithRadio.com, folks who you know need some hope this Christmas. So starting today, um, we're making good on that. And we're giving away $200 Visa gift cards. And so during the first hour, we called Austin, who nominated his sister, Sienna, Um, in our Hope for Christmas um, opportunity. And now we're actually going to play audio that we recorded with Becky and Amy. And so um, you can still nominate someone for the Give Hope for Christmas at MyFaithRadio.com. Carol's asking, can I nominate more than one person? Yes, you can just go back and nominate someone else. It's totally fine. Um, obviously, we we can't do a $200 Visa gift card for everyone who's nominated, but we are doing it for some, and we're doing something for everyone. But we're for some folks, we are, um, you know, we're just able to uh, to to reach out in this in this tangible way to give a little hope at Christmas. So let's um let's hear uh, Becky and Amy, um, and just so that you know. Becky is listening right alongside you every single day. And so good morning, Becky. I know um, this is going to thrill your heart um, to hear this. So, um, yeah, let's listen. Hi, this is Carmen LaBerge from Faith Radio. Good morning. Hi, Carmen. It's so good to hear your voice. (laughs) Well, thank you. We're calling to congratulate you. You nominated someone for our Give Hope for Christmas project. Do you remember doing that? Yes, I did. 
All right. And well, it was my we... daughter Amy. She's my youngest daughter. She's been through a lot of health issues, and uh, in the last two years, uh, her and her hubby have been through two different miscarriages. I'm sorry. Yeah. They want to be parents so bad, and so they're going to keep trying. But we know everything is in God's hands, and that He's going to take care of them. And we just pray that it's God's will that they have a beautiful, healthy baby. Children are such a gift from the Lord, and we all acknowledge they really that. Are. Mm-hmm. It's so hard. I, you know, you're not alone in this, but it does feel like a, a very solitary experience when you're going through it. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, your Faith Radio family loves you, and we want to give a gift of hope um, this Christmas to to Amy uh, and her husband. So um, how about we try to get Amy on the line? Absolutely. That would be okay. awesome. Thank you. Hello? Hi, is this Amy? Yep, this is her. Hi, Amy. My name's Carmen LaBerge from Faith Radio. Hi. So your mom, Becky, nominated you to receive a $200 Visa gift card as part of our Give Hope for Christmas program, and we're calling to let you know you've been selected. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so she um, she shared a little bit with us um, about you, and she obviously loves you so much. You are such a delight to her life. And she just wanted you to know that you are loved and that the Faith Radio family um, is here with you and for you. And we're going to be lifting up, you know, your your prayer concerns as well. What area of your life do you feel like just needs a little reminder of of hope from God? Um, We are trying to conceive, me and my husband, and we have gone through two miscarriages in the past 12 months. I'm so sorry. And we are having faith that in his time it will happen. So um, we learn a little bit more every time. So we're hoping we, when the timing is right, it'll happen. Could we pray for you? Would that be okay? Yeah, absolutely. Father, we come before you as brothers and sisters in Christ. We come to you at a time of year when, obviously, Father, we're celebrating the gift of life in the person of Jesus, this baby born in a manger, wrapped in human flesh. And, and we come before you with Amy, asking for the gift of a child. You are the one who conceives of life. You are the one who knits babies together in their mother's wombs. And so, Father, we are asking alongside Amy and Ethan for this gift, alongside Becky for a grandchild. Father, grant your grace. Grant your grace and answer their prayers. Thank you for the privilege of coming before you in the sweet name of Jesus, at whose manger throne we bow. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Amy, I know you know this. The There's just so many stories of women in the Bible who reflect your experience. Yeah. Um, and I know that you know that Jesus has gone before us to prepare a place. And so as you and Ethan are, by faith, preparing a place for the little one that eventually God will send, we just want to stand alongside you in the midst of that. And Thank you. Yeah. So thank you so much for allowing us to, to talk with you today and to share your story. It's a real privilege. Yes, thank you. I want to lift up, um, even as we're lifting up Amy and Ethan, I want to lift up Beth, and I want to lift up Corinne, 
And I want to lift up so many others who are praying for this particular Christmas miracle. I bet you know um, a young couple who is praying for God to open a womb and send a baby this Christmas. And so um, that, that is a real longing. And sometimes those longings go unmet for very long periods of time and, and seasons. So we're going to talk with Vanitha Reisner next, um, Walking Through Fire. She's also the creator of Helping the Hurting. And we're going to talk about um, what we do, how we walk when longings go unmet. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Our friend Vanitha Reisner is back with us. Good morning, Vanitha. Good morning, Carmen. How are you? Well, I well, I am well. I am well. How are you? I am doing well. A little raspy voice, but excited to yeah get. To <laughs> That's talk good to for you radio. Rat raspy <laughs> is really good for radio. So just just roll with it. Um, okay. So we um we thought it would be really helpful to talk with you um, about this topic of unfulfilled longings. Um, we are encountering a number of um, friends and family members um, and fellow Christians who, you know, this have these longing prayers and the longing prayers have gotten long. Um, mm. Can you, maybe we could just wade into this. I know you have some great resources on this particular um, topic. And so could we just, you just talk with us about unfulfilled longings? Yeah. Well, Carmen, I feel like I've struggled with that and coming to terms with what do we do with those things from probably from the time I became a Christian and, you know, as a teenager. And then pretty soon after that, all my friends were dating people and there was this sense of why not me? Why is nobody picking me? And, and you know, went into young adulthood, like, why am I not married? And um, how do I reconcile that? You know, I was in nine weddings and just thought this is never going to happen for me. And so that was a real longing, but it was interesting after I, I did, did find somebody and got married, there was a longing for a baby. And then that took a while. I had a bunch of miscarriages. And so there was that longing. And one of the things that God has shown me through my life is it's fine and good to have longings. God has created this that way. But understanding there's not a person probably who doesn't have some kind of longing. And 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 so part of it is what are we going to do with that? It's not that we need to squelch it and say we can't have longings because we can. God has given us desires, but we can still have contentment even in the midst of those longings being unfulfilled. And feel like God shows me that over and over again. And and this year, just have dealt with a lot of health issues and lots of longings for Christmas to be the way I want it to look. Like I still mm. don't have a tree up. We, you know, I've had friends come over yesterday and put a wreath on the door just so that my neighbors don't think I don't care about Christmas. And um, so there's these longings of the way Christmas used to be for me. And I have found, though, that giving those to the Lord is really what changes it for me because those longings aren't necessarily going to go away, and I don't think they need to. I think part of it is, what do I do with those, and where do they bring me? So that's 
really a topic that's been, I would say, near and dear to my heart my whole life because I've I've had unfulfilled longings every year of my life, different things. Um, and some have been met and and some still never have. Let's talk about being um the difference between being content or being discontent in the midst mm-hmm. of a season of longing. Yeah. I think the difference between being content and discontent is where our heart is and where our hope is. If we can be content in the midst of circumstances that are hard, that we really want to be different if we trust that God is in them. So recognizing we can, God calls us to keep crying out to him for the things that we want to be different But recognizing contentment is saying, okay, God, I trust you that even in the crying out for this, that you are there. And even in the denial of this, for as long as I've cried out, there's something you're doing in me. Um, But not giving up hope that it's going to be fulfilled. I don't, I don't feel like that's what God calls us to do, um, to be content. And so discontentment though is saying, I'm not happy with this present moment. Like you're not enough you need to give me something more for me to be content. And so I think discontentment, some people think means um, that you have, that you're angry with God. And I think that that may be true, but I think discontentment is being unhappy and not being able to live with the things that we still long for. So I I feel like I have been discontent though. I'm speaking speaking to listeners who are saying, well, I'm I I don't know how I'm gonna make it through this. I I get that. I don't feel like I have lived contentedly with these unfulfilled longings. And there are times when I really do cry out to God saying, I don't know if I can take this much longer. And God understands that too. So you know, yes, we shouldn't be discontent, but if you are that's the best opportunity to pour that out to the Lord. I I have a friend who um, wrote a book, Better Than My Dreams, Paula Reinhardt. And one thing that she says in that book that has stuck with me, which is the gap between our dreams and longings and reality is where we meet God. And if there's no gap between our longings and reality, there's not as much room for God. And I find that in my own life, like it's the crying out, it's this gap of what I thought my life should be and what it is that I I cling to God and I meet God in those places so much more than in the places where there's no gaps. And it is the way I want it to be. Those are places I don't lean into the Lord. Mm. So good. Um, Vanita, when we come back, I want to I want to talk about a a word that you that you surfaced, um, and that is the word through. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Mm. Um, I think it's one of a couple of the most important words, like in the 23rd Psalm. I would lift up, you know, the words even though and the word through um, as really, really significant words in that um, in that Psalm. yeah, I just I want to continue this conversation about like how we how we navigate as people of faith with faith by faith um, when our longings go unmet. So we're going to continue our conversation with Vanita Reisner, author of Walking Through the Fire. She's also the creator of Helping the Hurting. Um, one of the things you can avail yourself of 
um, through her ministry is actually a Facebook group. It's a community of people who pray for and encourage one another in the midst of longings that go unmet, in the midst of ongoing suffering. And so if you want that link, I'm happy to send it to you on the text line. Just let me know, 877-933-2484. We'll continue our conversation with Vanitha Reisner in just a moment. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. You've heard it said that it only takes a spark to get a fire going. You've also heard it sung, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. Well, what about hope? What about hope? What does it take to get hope sparked? And what does it take to get hope moving uh, around the world? I got a hope hat. I got a hope shirt. I got a hope bumper sticker. I know a ministry of hope. I know people who need hope. But how do we actually give hope beyond bumper stickers and theme songs and ball caps? How do we help other people discover the hope that is real, substantial, and enduring? My guess is one reason you listen to this podcast is, well, it delivers hope. So as you're thinking about giving gifts this Christmas, have you considered giving others the gift of hope? You can give hope this season by supporting Faith Radio's Give Hope for Christmas campaign by sharing your story of hope at MyFaithRadio.com because hope begets hope. Pass it on. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores and refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And even though, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for he is with me. His rod, his staff, they comfort me. When we are talking about continuing to pray and long for um, answers and resolutions that go unmet or unsatisfied, um, we're just reminded that God's not withholding his best from us. He has already given his best to us in, in himself, and he is sufficient. Um, so we're talking with Vanitha Reisner, Sister in Christ. Um, Vanitha, um, someone is asking, why, um, why has Vanitha not put up her Christmas decorations? <laughs> so I, have, I don't know if you can tell us that. Yeah, I, I can. Um, this has been probably the physically the hardest year I have ever had in my life, which, which says a lot because mm-hmm. I've, I've been through things, but it has been... Um, pretty relentless. I'm still actually recovering from COVID and given my kind of weak immune system and stuff, I'm, I mean, I've been in and out of bed for two weeks, but um, some of it has been, I have a spine, um, a cyst on my spine, so I can't stand for more than a, a minute or two. So I'm using the wheelchair and it's really hard to, to do things. And so I'm pretty much relying on other people. And and my husband is wonderful and he loves Christmas, but not quite the same way I do. He's like, mm, we'd be good without a tree this year. So um, that might be part of it. Um, but I have actually a friend coming over today to help me do that. But it's been a year of a series of things. I've had thyroid issues, GI issues, lots of things that have kept me from doing the things that I normally would like to do. Like I've spent most of the year in my house for various reasons. And it's really made me miss going outside, seeing people. So there's been a lot of longings this year. And 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 that is why there's nothing up at my house for Christmas yet. Um, besides my wreath is um, 
it's just it's just been physically challenging and even exhausting to the point of not caring for a little bit like that's mm-hmm. when my husband was like wow this is pretty big that I was like, there's nothing up. This was right after Thanksgiving. I was like, I don't know if I, if, if I have the energy or the desire for that. And, and so that's been what it's like. Whereas normally like before Thanksgiving, I'm, I'm already planning what I'm going to do for the the holidays. So thank Uh, you for, um, yeah, thank you for sharing that and for your, um, yeah, for your, you know, your honesty. Um, I think that sometimes we, we hide or we try to hide um, the things that aren't going well um, as Christians, mm-hmm. as if, you know, as as if God's witness in the world is dependent on our lives looking really good. Um, and that that's just not the case. Like, right. God, mm-hmm. God's testimony and God's witness is about him. And he loves to use us and shine through us. Um, and you allow him to do that in ways that are really magnificent. And so I want to celebrate that. And I want to I mean, you are one of those even though people. You are an even though person. And mm. you could be making excuses and you could be um, receding um, into into your pain, into your exhaustion, um, into that mild depression that you just described. Like you could recede into all of those. But instead, you do you do ministry. You continue even though. And that is a Johnny Erickson Tata spirit. That is, um, you know, that is the spirit of some other friends we've made this year on the show. Um, I'm thinking of a guy named Gary Miracle. Like, I'm just thinking there are some even though people out there. And maybe we need to be acknowledging that and and saying, you know, like like saying, we're thankful, Vanitha, that you are an even though person, that you continue to show forth the gospel and minister to us and walk with us, even on the days when it is really hard um, for you to do that. So thank you. Oh, wow. Well, <clears throat> thank you for saying that, Carmen. That that means a lot. Um, yeah, it's interesting because it's funny with suffering it's always pretty private. Like it, it happens in people's houses and I'm sure there are people listening today that are like, people don't know what I'm going through. And um, it is a pretty lonely thing. So it's um, yeah, it's, it's something that we don't like to talk about. And I, I honestly think if it wasn't my ministry um, I probably would shy away from talking about it, but I have met God in the most incredible ways and suffering. And it was just neat. Even two days ago, like I haven't been even been able to read the Bible much. I've just been so exhausted and dealing with so many things, but I, I, I got up and I was like, I am, I am definitely going to pour into this and was reading John 15. And it just came alive to me, Carmen, just thinking about this idea of fruit, you know, because Jesus says in John 15 that we're the branches and he's the vine. Um, and he prunes vines that um so they would be more fruitful. And I've always thought of fruitfulness as usefulness. Like that's that's sort of what I thought fruitfulness was and felt like I feel pretty useless in terms of what the world would say is useful. And yet I saw in this pretty wild way. And it really felt like the Lord, like, okay, think about fruit, like pray about what is fruit. And I really was drawn to the fruit of the spirit, which is not 
fruit other people seeing and just noticing in John 14 and 15 and 16, it's Jesus says, you know, my peace I give to you. And then he says, remain in my love in John 15. And then he says, you know, that you would have my joy. And it reminded me that maybe suffering produces this fruit of the spirit. It's not usefulness fruit that the world says, oh my gosh, you've got a bigger ministry. You can do all these things. But it is this fruit of abiding that brings us closer to Jesus. Like having his peace and his joy and his love, that's better than anything. And that's a fruit that will last. That's fruit that will last. And so that's been this neat thing that the way God has met me is I've just sort of been lying in bed or just pondering different things, um, especially with my back, um, this back problem. Um, I may need to have surgery, which is pretty dicey for me. And just saying, God, what are you, what are you doing in this? Like, please help me. Just even give me a sliver of understanding. And, and I felt like God gave me that, just like I'm producing fruit that's going to last. And it's mm. going to be my peace, my joy, my love, um, and patience as you wait. And that's a fruit that I think all of us with unfulfilled longings, God's producing it, that in us, whether we want it or not. God is teaching us patience and to wait for his timing. And mm, that's, that's a, so a really amazing gift. So No, that yeah. is so good. We just um we just pulled the seeds out of our heirloom pumpkins before we broke them up in the field for the deer. Um and I had a conversation with my almost 10-year-old granddaughter and she's like, "Why are we doing this?" And I'm like, "Well, first of all, because we like the look of these pumpkins. Like, right? Mm -hmm. We we would like to have pumpkins like this next year. And it would be fun." Um and because this process of taking the seeds out and then sorting them and drying them and keeping them and then planting them in the spring and then waiting, waiting all that time with great anticipation and hope and confidence that God is going to do what God promises to do, which is turn that seed into new fruit. And actually that one seed, you know, produces a vine and on that vine, many pumpkins. And so, you know, we have, we kept way more seeds than we're going to need. Um, but that reality that fruit takes time to develop and ripen and that there's a process and, um, and that God makes good on that promise over and over and over and over and over again. Um, that is such helpful, like physical, visual, real experiential evidence, um, to come alongside this conversation about spiritual fruit and what God has planted and the time it takes to develop and ripen and that it's all to his glory. Um, and so thank you for bringing that image forward today. That's really helpful. Yeah. I really do love that image of the seed because it's in the earth buried, like nobody sees it and it's decomposing. I mean, it it probably, I mean, just to kind of put myself as the seed, it feels like nothing is happening here. You know, I, mm -hmm. and yet that is where God does his deepest work when we're kind of hidden away. Um, he's, he's bringing life out of that, but it feels like death. Mm-hmm. Mm. Vanitha, um, bless you, sweet sister. We um, we love the resurrection power. Um, we know you live in it. 
Um, we celebrate with you the the reality of Christ who comes, and we thank you so much for not only walking through the fire, but walking with others through the fire. Um, you you are a blessing, and you bless us today. Mm. Thank you. This was yeah. great. I love our conversations. Just even I thinking through, like, what is what is God doing in the midst mm-hmm. of struggle and longings uh, and mm-hmm. loss, which I know a lot of the listeners are dealing with today, but knowing God is planting seeds and they will bear fruit. He promises Amen. that. Amen. You guys can um, connect directly with Vanitha at Vanitha.com. You can get from there to her Facebook group, or I am happy to send you the direct link as well on the text line, 877-933-2484. Vanitha, thank you. Thank you, Carmen. You are listening to Mornings with Carmen. Are you a speciest? Mm-hmm. Are you a speciest? I am. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. <clears throat> I am a speciest. I don't mind saying so out loud. I don't mind being labeled as such. I don't even mind if you ask me to tell me to tell you what that means or to explain myself. Genesis one twenty seven says, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. I am a speciest because of Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. And I am a speciest um, because of Jesus. Jesus didn't condescend into some other kind of flesh to dwell among us. Jesus condescended into human flesh, became a man to live among us. That is the, what the incarnation is about. Um, and Jesus rose again as a human being in human flesh. He ascended into heaven um, in human flesh. I don't understand that. It seems crazy. He's coming again. Descriptions in the book of Revelation are recognizable as human. So being human and human beings are unique. We're special among all species of the earth. And so I'm a speciest. I don't I don't mind telling you so. Why am I confessing my I don't know, would it be speciestism mm-hmm. today? Well, because uh, the New York Times is fully engaged in a series about the reality and effects of AI. And these few paragraphs that I'm going to read from um, a piece that posted a couple of days ago on the 3rd of December in the New York Times um, caught my attention and I felt like was worthy of our conversation. So I am a speciest. And this is going to tell you why I'm talking about that today. Elon Musk, who, by the way, is now 52 by my math. um, Elon Musk celebrated his 44th birthday in July of 2015. It was a three-day party thrown by his wife, his then wife, at a California wine country resort. Um, Family and friends only, children racing around uh, this upscale property in Napa Valley. Um, This is years before Twitter became X and Tesla had a profitable year. Mr. Musk um and uh and his wife were um were actually a year away at that point from ending their marriage larry page was a party guest he was still then the chief executive of google and artificial intelligence 
um, AI had pierced the public consciousness only a few years before when it was used to identify cats on YouTube with 16% accuracy. So we're only scrolling the, the, the time clock back here a few years. And AI was so nascent that the best it could do was 16% accuracy identifying cats on YouTube. So we, it has come a long way. It has come a long way. And it has come a long way in no small measure because of the people who were at this party, which is what the rest of the article in the New York Times talks about. But I want to center in on a couple of paragraphs. Here we go. AI was the big topic of conversation when Mr. Musk and Mr. Page sat down near a fire pit beside a swimming pool after dinner on the first night. The two billionaires had been friends for more than a decade, and Mr. Musk sometimes joked that he occasionally crashed on Mr. Page's sofa. But the tone that clear night soon turned contentious as the two debated whether artificial intelligence would ultimately elevate humanity or destroy it. As the discussion stretched into the chilly hours, it grew intense. Some of the more than 30 partiers gathered closer to listen, drawing in chairs that made a couple of concentric circles around the fire pit. Mr. Page, hampered for more than a decade by an unusual ailment in his vocal cords, described his vision of a digital utopia in a whisper. Humans would eventually merge with artificially intelligent machines, he said. One day, there would be many kinds of intelligence competing for resources, and the best would win. Now, he's talking there. This is Carmen now. He's talking there about the evolution of human beings into what's called transhumanism. That's what he is talking about. He's talking about a transhumanist um, reality where human beings would merge with artificially intelligent machines. Now, back to the article. If that happens, Mr. Musk said, we're doomed. The machines will destroy humanity. And with a rasp of frustration, Mr. Page insisted his utopia should be pursued at all costs. And finally, he called Mr. Musk a speciest, a person who favors humans over the digital life forms of the future. And that, my friends, is what led me to the declaration, again, Carmen here, no longer reading from the New York Times. Um, That is why I feel necessary to declare that I am a speciest. I am a speciest. I do not believe in a transhuman utopia Um, in which human beings, quote-unquote, evolve beyond God's created design to some reality in which humans are merged with artificially intelligent machines where the best win. That concept of the best winning should sound like you. It should ring the bell in your mind um, of what? Who is it that says the the strongest will win, the best will win? Doesn't that sound like evolution? Doesn't that sound like evolutionary theory? That the strongest and the best are the ones that prevail and win? That is who reproduces. That is who ends up conquering. Now, Now, mix that into the current debates and and protests 
and even conversations that we have in the culture about all of the ways in which we prop up the feeble and the weak, the, way, the ways in which we prop up those who cannot and will not reproduce because of choices that they're making in their own lives. Like, it doesn't even make any sense to argue out of both sides of your mouth this way. But that's what's happening in the culture. So, again, I am a speciest. I am. Genesis 1 leads me to be a speciest. But let me tell you, when people, um, when people like Mr. Page argue that this vision of utopia, this transhumanist vision where human beings eventually merge with artificially intelligent machines and that one day many kinds of intelligence competing for resources um, and the best would win— When people like Mr. Page say that with the kinds of resources that not only he has, but others around him have, we live in challenging times. So, uh, Mr. Musk, who, you know, also has a lot of money and is now heavily invested in the AI process. Again, that's what this series in the New York Times is actually about, how much progress has been made and how much investment is being made in AI. And actually, the conversation eventually in this series of articles leads to a conversation about war and warfare and the very real prospect of um, wars being fought uh, essentially with computers where the outcomes of the conflict is predicted is it's a predictive model where you're like gaming out a war. Um, and then everybody would just agree to redraw the lines in the way that the computer said that it was that they ought to be drawn, um, which would mean that nation states would have different geographical boundaries as different games were played. It sounds crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, it makes you remember if you are a Star Trek fan of an episode in the original season um, that said we don't make war with computers. We won't get into that fully now, but I'm just telling you that we have arrived at the place where reality is catching up with the imagination um, and things are happening that we really could never imagine. So are you a speciest? Again, I am. I'm a speciest. When I look at what God has revealed about the truth of creation and the truth of redeemed reality and new creation, when I read the end of the book, when I read the vision of what it's going to be like in Revelation 19 to 22, um, I see people. I don't see the merging of machines being redeemed. I see people being redeemed. I see a new heaven and a new earth and God walking with people. So um, there you go. I am a speciest. Are you? Let's continue our conversation here in just a moment. Um, I want to talk a little bit about my lists and lists of lists. And yes, continue to give you the uh, Sunday School answer to some questions. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show we do on the Faith Radio Network every day. There is a lot going on at Faith Radio Tons of free resources waiting for you to take advantage of and share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. Be sure to check us out on social media as well. Um, This is a community of believers, and we gather together here and 
We all need prayer, and, well, we'd love to pray for you. The Faith Radio team is serious about prayer. We pray for specific requests every single week when we gather on Tuesdays and Thursdays as a staff. So share your prayer request with us anonymously and securely on our website at MyFaithRadio.com, and then be assured of our prayers for you in the Spirit of Christ. Check it all out at MyFaithRadio.com. All right, we opened our conversation this morning um, with lists and lists of lists and what's on your list for the day and what are you checking off? You got a to-do list. Maybe you have a Christmas card list. Maybe you have a Christmas gift list. Maybe you have the list of things that need to be accomplished before Christmas vacation, whatever that looks like. Paul Perot has a list. He has a list every single day. He's checking it twice. And he does the tasks, whether or not uh, they're they're naughty or nice. So there you go. Um, the to-do list and lists of lists. I have a list. I was asked to make a list of my 23 favorite books of 2023. And let me just confess that after I made the list and sent it off to the person who asked for it, I then realized "Mm, there's other books that maybe should be on the list. And so next year, I get to put 24 books on the list, I guess. So this is the good news of of living at this stage of history where it's like early, I guess it's always earlier in a century than than it would be the next year. So, but it's not like we're going to get to the place where there'd be zero books on the list because I'm not going to live that. I'm very likely not going to live that long. I'm just going to go ahead and declare that too as a speciesist. Um, so, 23 books on my uh, favorite books of 2023 list. Again, the Sunday school answer leads the list, right? So, now you can play the game. You can say it out loud. What is Number one on Carmen's 23 favorite books of 2023 list. Go ahead. You can say it out loud. Good job. Yes, it's the Bible. You are correct. Um, Ding, 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 ding. So endless are the other books that uh, have been written, will be written, and could make it onto the list. But the Bible tops the list. Um, If you have not read and if you are not reading the Bible, then all your other reading is futile. It just is. The Word of God alone has the power to transform. It has the power you need to grow in grace. Um, It has what you need to grow in the knowledge of the Lord. So read this book first. Read the Bible, right? Foremost and always. Um, You could join us in reading the Bible together. We got an Advent plan going on right now at MyFaithRadio.com. You should join in on that. Um, I'm sure that in the coming uh, days, we're going to be talking about, hey, let's read the Bible together in next year. In fact, let's read through the Bible together. I'm sure we'll have a plan for that. So stay tuned. Every single day, I ask you, where in the Word are you? So the Bible tops my list of the 23 favorite books of 2023. Now, if you pressed me and you told me to pick a book of the Bible or maybe list my 23 favorite books of the Bible, hmm, that would be an interesting exercise as well. But I digress. On my list of Carmen's 23 favorite books of 2023, and then I would say, I was going to say in no particular order, but actually the first few are in particular order for me. (laughs) I have two that are like stand out. They're just like, they just stand out. The first one, again, not going to surprise you because we've talked about it a lot, is the novel by Jeff Christofferson. It's entitled Once You See, The Seven Temptations of the Western Church. Um, love it. Love it. Um, then I would say Christopher Watkins' biblical critical theory. It's a heavy lift. I don't mind 
admitting that. I don't mind admitting to you that I've had to go back and read and reread and discuss and underline and write out my own questions and then go back again and like read and reread and be like, what is this? What is what? How do I even understand this? And it's because he's literally helping us think rightly, which means we have to unlearn a bunch of stuff. So both of those books, Once You See and Biblical Critical Theory, are about unlearning so many things that we think we know or that we learned, um, but are cultural and not actually biblical. So there you go. Um, Those would be my top three books of 2023, The Bible, Once You See, and Biblical Critical Theory. Then we get into uh, uh, a number of books that I'm not going to say these are in any particular order, um, but I really have enjoyed and loved and have made reference to in conversation and want to celebrate here. And we've talked to all these people on the show. In fact, one of you texted in this morning and said, hey, that conversation that you had with Sharon James about praying for your child from head to toe, I bought a bunch of copies of that and sent them to um, parents of young kids. So there you go. That would be one of mine. The Great Dechurching. Who's leaving and where where are they going and what will it take to bring them back? That's a great book. Um, politics for people who don't like politics. We just recently talked to Denise Gitsum. That's a great book. Actually, that book is as much like in terms of like spirit, not not in content, but in terms of like the spirit of what it is about and the goal for which it is written. Politics for people who don't like politics is as much like my book, the one I wrote a number of years ago. Um, speak the truth. There's, yeah, she's she's written the 2023 version. So if you, yeah, it's so good. Um, I loved John Van Sloten's God Speaks Science. I also loved Katie McCoy's To Be a Woman. Um, and then one that we didn't actually talk about um, on air, and I kind of find that found that surprising as I was making my list of my favorite books. I'm like, we never talked to John Stark this year about the Secret Place of Thunder. Um, I talked with John about his first book, um, The Possibility of Prayer, back in 2020, but we didn't talk to John Stark. So I might tee that up for a conversation in 2024, because that is a book worth um, worth visiting. Um, all right, the list goes on and on and on, as you can imagine. Maybe you could make this kind of list. Maybe you could send me your list of, you don't have to come up with 23, like two or three. Oh, that'd be a good way to do it. In 2023, what were your two or three favorite things you heard here on Faith Radio, favorite conversations that we had, favorite guests, favorite books we talked about? Um, Two or three. Shoot me two or three answers to the question, what makes your list for 2023 in terms of things we've talked about, people you've heard here, conversations we've had. And for the person who says, do we get to see the whole list? I will figure out a way to post it at CarmenLaburge.com. How's that sound? I will figure out a way. It's not going to happen today. I will figure out a way to post my Carmen's 23 favorite books of 2023 at com, which, by the way, is where I post a bunch of stuff that I don't get to talk about here. <laughs> so I know you're thinking, how is it possible that she has things to say that she doesn't get to talk about here? Yes, I actually have a lot of things that I want to say that I don't get to talk about here. So I post them on my own website. Um, so there you go. Um, I've loved being with you today. You You bless me. Today is the first day of Hanukkah. Um, I'm going to encourage you to light a candle tonight. Um, Let the light of Christ shine and pray for the peace of Jerusalem. That would be a, a good and admirable way for us to spend our time. 
pray for um, pray for one another. Pray for Michelle and Eric and Clifford and Diane and Mike and Scott and Cherie and Merle and Dave and Judy and Karen and Faye and Betty and Barb, Becky and Jody and Brandy. These are um, names of listeners just like you who've sent in prayer requests and they are on my list today. So I'm praying for you, um, praying for um, each of you and all of you and hope that you're praying for me as well. Let's be going before the Lord in the name and by the power of Jesus and lift one another up in those holy hands to the very mercy of God. Have a great day and God bless. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.